two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. I'm so tired. <laughs> Let's face it, everything below the waist is kaput. Is kaput. But, uh... She's tired. Can't you She's give tired. her a break? Sick and tired of love. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, you know what? I am not sick and tired of Mark. What? What? You, you, you know what I'm not sick and tired of. Oh, I thought you said I'm not sick and tired of Mark. And I'm like, well, you're like oh, the no. only one, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no that's going to be my... That's going to be my, I'm not sick and tired of oh, yeah, 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 yeah. meeting with you. Yeah, but anyway. But yes, here it is. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Yet another wonderful episode in store for you of the Two Wizards podcast. And I'm Josh, and I'm a wizard. And I'm Mark, and I'm a wizard. And I'm not, not everybody's tired of me, but you know. <laughs> well, it, I, I mean, like, uh, as we've noted in our last couple episodes, the weather is getting nicer, and I think everyone is uh yeah maybe well that that's even specifically what we were talking about in our fishing episode like mm-hmm. okay it's time to get out of the house got a little cabin fever go out and do stuff um but but i know and granted i'm also separated by two time zones i'm not sick of hanging out with you i'm not tired of hanging out with you well i'm not tired of hanging out with you either buddy well yeah see there, there it is there it is and um and yeah it's just another it would be, just be another great day to Hang out, talk about stuff, and um, and uh, we actually have something kind of kind of special in our wizards chalices because Mark, you you reached out to me and we did some coordinating again. So yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm liking these themes. I don't know. I don't know if it's yeah. I well, and it's not that we do it every single time, but yeah, true. The, but 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 the times that we do that they they fit in thematically with whatever it is we're talking about, and maybe that's the case. For what we're doing this episode, but what is it that you requested we have in our Wizard's Chalice? Well, I I wanted us to um, at least get a hold of something Japanesey. It could be I think mm. I I think I was told you to at least try to get like maybe sake or like mm. uh, Kyudin beer or something. Yeah. But uh, how did how did you make out? What's in what's in your Wizard's Chalice? So I was well, or not even I, but the Mrs. Wizard. She she uh, did did great work. She went out and she did get me some uh, Junmai sake. Oh, excellent! And so, and so that's what I have with me. And of course, uh, uh, I don't think she intended to do this, but if she did, it's awesome. But the name of this specific brand is Fuki, F U K I. So I'm excited that I'm going to drink me some Fuki sake. <laughs> Uh, it is it is it is produced by cold fermentation and made solely from sun nourished rice and spring water, and then it goes on a little bit, uh, and it says product of Japan. Got the real deal. Uh, and, and then what what were you able to find? Well, we have we have talked about this before. Um, my my region is a little bit more isolated than yours, not quite so cosmopolitan. So yeah. I was not able to get my hands on any of that good kirin or any of that good sake, mm. but but but. I do, in fact, have Japanese whiskey. 
I have a bottle of oh. Japanese scotch called Suntory, and I mix that into my giant glass of Sprite that I had with my McDonald's for my mid-afternoon <laughs> after post-work before we record lunch meal thing. <laughs> it it kind of made me sad because, like, it's such an unfitting vehicle for this scotch. This is a fantastic <laughs> scotch. But, hey, man, scotch is replaceable. You just buy more bottles, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and and uh, it's even uh, I would imagine it's even the Japanese whiskey featured in Lost in Translation because that's when uh, Bill Murray says, "Oh, really? Good time, make it Centauri time." Yeah, really. Yeah, so it's even better, even better. Well, and and uh, let me channel the, the spirit of the Bill Murray then, man. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> not that I'm, not that I'm precisely caught up on this or or super well versed but apparently yeah uh, uh uh japan has been one of the go-to places for whiskey because they and, and and again like you can get all the like stereotypical things about like oh it's the purest it's the most refined it's the highest quality craftsmanship or whatever but but really if it's just good good whiskey then it's good whiskey so yeah. good on you japan yeah yeah so uh, cheers buddy Cheers. Or I guess uh Kampai, right? Yeah. Kampai. Kampai. Oh wow. Mm. Is that How's uh, is it uh yeah, mine's mine's quite nice. Uh I, I chilled this one. I didn't do the whole I, I I would like to at some point be that hipster guy that has the little like like wooden box yeah. thing that you like in, in isn't that cedar? Isn't it traditionally cedar that that the little sake I, maybe comes out of? And anyway, that doesn't matter. But yeah, at some point when uh, I'm finished with grad school and I and get like an actual income, I'll build up my little bar and even get and like go for the like sake warming thing and the little wooden box cup things you're supposed to drink them out of. But for right now, uh, this chilled uh, Junmai Fuki sake is really good. All right. Yeah, mine tastes like $80 scotch with Sprite in it. <laughs> um, it is weird. That, I don't know if you've had this one, Josh, but um, it does have, like, this nice little, like, it's not so peaty scotchy. It's just, mm-hmm. like, a light, it's a real mellow. But there's also this kind of, like, nice little honey note underneath it. So oh, it's no. not That's it's awesome. not terrible. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not. I don't. Maybe a maybe drinking out of a straw is my weak link. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I I have not had. I I had one Japanese whiskey. I forget what it is. Um, but I don't believe it was Centauri. Uh, so I'll I'll have to add that to my rotation at some point. I guess. So, uh, cool. If I can be a jerk, uh, Hibiki is super good. Oh, let me write that down. So I guess also uh, we just we just might as well have the big reveal what is what is the topic that we have for our episode today i am so excited for tonight because it combines two of my great loves it involves japanese history and ufos (gasps) oh also i'm like really sick and so my voice is gonna crack i am either gonna sound like barry white on this recording or the like pimply voice teenager from the simpsons i won't know until i edit (laughs) Unfortunately, is getting into that pollen season, allergy season, and you, you were even talking about kind of, kind of right before we got started here. Uh, 
Alamosa literally means cottonwood in Spanish, and there are cottonwood trees everywhere. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, those those things are nasty. <laughs> I I am crazy allergic to those damn things. <clears throat> Get some water so, up in this bitch. Yeah, there there you go. So there we at, go. At any rate, yeah, there there you go. And I, this is a mad man. If there's if there's ever territory that was uh, delineated for two wizards to talk about. Um, yeah, old old Japanese UFOs. Ooh, I am so excited. We haven't <laughs> covered a UFO since. I mean, this is our second UFO, I guess. But remember, we did the Cash Landrum incident uh, back in December. Yeah. It was our holiday mm-hmm. UFO episode. But yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, I, I I'm excited. I well, and 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 I don't. I I kind of know one little bit of Japanese folklore kind of about a ufo and maybe this is something you had planned to but but as as far as like uh like a whole bunch of details about it i don't know much and so i'm i'm also uh really excited to dive into this thing so awesome yeah Yeah. and it's cool because i like i said before with the cash landrum one like you're not so big an alien guy and i am and i kind of like getting your like you know raw (laughs) opinion on it instead of like Oh yeah, yes, you, absolutely. The yeah, like you you have melted my brain pretty pretty well um, <laughs> within some of these last episodes. So like just as I sort of smush it back through my ear holes and and it kind of recoalesces, it's time for another episode, and that boy gets goopy. So <laughs> oh, God, goop brain. <laughs> Your boy's on the chart here. He has a condition that we like to call goop brain. <laughs> now, I may not be your big city neurosurgeon, but I know me a case of goop brain when I sees one. <laughs> Dr. Calhoun, southern neurosurgeon. <laughs> yeah. You'll say your boy fell down the well and his eyes were crossed. I reckon my mule Polly can sort him out. Gets the kid kicked by the mule. There you go. His eyes are straight again. Dr. Calhoun. <laughs> Dr. Calhoun. Why, do, why don't you mix me up there another julep while I shuffle this gentleman's brain up off the floor? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him right as rain here shortly. <laughs> or, new character. Okay, new so character. like... So, like, you Southern. know, like, House was, like, crazy intelligent or whatever. This dude isn't, but he, for some reason, gets hired at, like, Oxford Medical School in England or some shit. Or, like, yeah. in, I, I don't know, like, some prestigious-ass medical college in Germany or something. And they're yeah. like, and it just why is, is this guy here? Yeah, just his smooth-talking Southern charm just kind of draws out, like, the most, uh, like, the most ridiculous uh, diagnoses and all that. All right, here we go. Here's a male, early 20s, constant headaches, disorientation. Well, I don't know about y'all, but it seems to me this here young fellow's got himself a case of the vapors. <laughs> Actually, we ran a CAT scan and we see what appears to be a growth there. And it is no, no, just uh, put him down on yonder chaise and open up the windows a bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's his, that's, that's his melancholia, sack. And... <laughs> Immediately kick into the dude from fucking Pet Cemetery. but hey, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's all right. That's his attending nurse, is uh, Herman <laughs> yeah, Munster. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, not, not, not Herman. It's Herman Munster, but uh, Judd. Yeah, Judd. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this is something called the case of the Utsurobune, or mm. the hollow boat. Mm. So I'm going to set the scene for you here. It's uh, February 29th in uh, 1803, and there's two fishermen from the Hariyadori uh, beach in Itachi Prefecture came upon a strange vessel floating in the water. Hmm. Now, before I get into that, I want to get into this. This is a super well-reported on case. Hmm. It's been documented in several sources. It appears in, it, it does come from several, um, it comes from different uh, history books. So the first one is the uh, Toen Shosetsu, which means Tales from the Rabbit's Garden, which was written in 1825. There's the Hyoryu Kishu, Diaries and Stories of Castaway, which was written in 1835, and the Umi no Chiri, or Dust of the Apricot, written in 1844. Mm. And you can see all of these texts on display as of right now, which I oh, think cool. is cool. Yeah, like they yeah, they have them in um uh, Nara and uh and uh, Tokyo. Yeah. That's yeah, it, it's so cool, and and I've got to get get just like a little bit of this, but yeah, like the fact that we still have books that are hundreds of years old, if not even like writing that's thousands of years old. That's so, oh man, because because like a house will fall down if you don't, uh, like like if if you're not constantly repairing it and refixing the roof and like do it like 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 a house will fall down in what like fifty years if that. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And yet we have writing that is stuck around that long. Ah, so we still cool. have it. Yeah. Like yeah. in the original like book form. That's what's so yeah. cool. And I mean, yeah, this is eighteen hundred. Like, still, I guess man. it's not. It's not that cool, but it is still in rural coastern eastern Japan. So think like yeah. this is up on the northeastern coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I guess all Japan is coast. If you don't think about it too hard, but whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking most of my stuff out of the Toen Shosetsu because I like the way that it, I like the language in it a little bit better and it seems mm. to be a little bit more descriptive and I think, but I'm going to also read the one from um, Dust of the Apricot. So don't okay. you worry. Well, not yeah, read, but perfect. this is the You'll facts as presented to, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Oh man, that gets smoother the further down I get. <laughs> there you go. So these guys come upon this thing floating in the water, just in the middle of the ocean or the middle of the sea. It's just, it's just sitting there, right? Mm. It's a uh, 10.8 feet high and 17.8 feet wide. And they said that it looked like a, uh, a rice cooker. So it's like circular in the bottom. It's, it looks like a boat. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top of it was covered with a painted rosewood and the bottom was covered in um, brazen iron plates. And I learned I learned that brazen means that it is highly polished and used for conductivity. So oh, okay. bear that as you will. But these iron plates were said to be of like super high Western quality. Uh, it also had uh, some symbols on the side of it. And then on the upper half, the rosewood roof, it, um, it had these uh, glass windows. And the glass windows had uh, metal rods running in between them. So it's kind of like bars, but it's important to note that at this time in Japan, glass was such a novelty, it might as well have been diamonds. Right, yeah. Like, yeah, manufactured yeah. glass was just not really a thing that they had gotten around understanding, and if they had, they it just wasn't, it wasn't in this area. Mm-hmm. So this was sort of a novelty. So the fishermen, and this is where it gets weird, the fishermen look through the window, and they see these, they see, they look into the window, into the vessel, 
and they notice like some bed sheets and these weird like decorations on the wall with written in an unknown language. Mm-hmm. And they also see a jug of water and some food. They decide to go ahead and tow the thing back to their village. And it's in there that they discovered a beautiful woman. Oh, dang. Yeah. A lady in the lady in the uh, <laughs> Surubune. <laughs> and for our purposes, we're going to call her Akage, which means red hair. And you'll see why in about 20 seconds here. <laughs> all right. All right. So Akage was the most, by these reports, she was the most beautiful woman that anybody had ever seen. They Mm. figured she was about 20 years old. She had pale pink skin, and she had this really bright red hair and eyebrows. And Mm. at the end of her hair were these, like, red, or they were, like, these uh, white extensions. And they don't know what what this would have been. Whoa. But she, like, had had extensions in. Mm. Um, Her skin was, like, a soft pink. It was more of a Caucasian pink, if that makes sense, than, like... I guess you call right. it Japanese white. I don't. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the she she was a different. She was a markedly different color. Is the point I'm trying right. to get? Yes. Yes. And her clothes were made of this like super super nice fabric, but they had no idea what it was. Huh. She tries to talk to the villager, or yeah, so they, she's trying to talk to the villagers, but they can't understand a thing she's saying, and she can't understand a thing that they're saying. She also mm. had with her. A uh, square two-foot box. And she was super protective of it, would not let anybody look at it, touch it, do anything. It's kind of weird. You got this, like, super hot 20-year-old redheaded chick washing up in... (laughs) (laughs) A a pretty expensive and weirdly elaborate boat for, like... Yeah, for early 19th century. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So there was an old man in the village... But I guess this is the thing where this woman was supposed to be put to death. And the way that they were going to put her to death was to set her up in this boat and just set her adrift. She has some food and some water and then you just go. Mm -hmm. And he and according to this old man, he said that this is a custom from somewhere that he had heard from before. And when this happened, there was also like if this woman was being put to death, it was likely because she killed somebody. And she would have, she would be given like the memento of the person. So a case that he was, a case that he was thinking of as he thought of this was a different event where um, some uh, woman washed up with a uh, board with a head stapled to it. Oh, wow. And I think that this woman like killed the person and like tacked the head to the board as her punishment. Oh, whoa. So, and so that's the idea that maybe this is what's in her weird box is like a head. Mm. And it's like, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. As nobody really knew what the hell to do, they just decided it was probably best not to interfere with, like, some other country's, like, maybe death penalty, mm-hmm. or not to interfere with a stranger. So they put Ak- uh, Akage's uh, boat back together, and they just put her back out to sea, and she drifted away. Mm-hmm. So that's the story out of the Toen Machetsu, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kind of weird. Now, here's yeah. a different version from the Ume no Chiri, the Dust of the Apricot, which I think is the weirdest. I'm sure that means something cool, but... Yeah. It, it, or, or it, I mean, it just... Even just, like, the sound of it's also kind of cool, too. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, like, my produce senses are going crazy, the idea of Dust <laughs> yeah. of the Apricots. Like, hoo, 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 yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gotta send that shipment back, buddy. <laughs> E40, that bad Larry intermission, that's credit. 
So, from the uh, Ume no Chiri, on March 23rd, different date, 1803, the Bune washed ashore. It looked like a rice it looked like a rice pit with glass windows and they said that in according to this account the top was painted like a a black the, the last one was like a rosewood kind of color and this one was oh, black okay okay it had a and it had an iron uh or not an iron it had a thick like around the middle it was thicker like it looked like it had been like reinforced or banded it had the same mm-hmm. type of metal plates protecting the bottom and it still had the glass windows with the bars in it mhm so once again, um, Akage is in there. They find her. She's super hot, and that's sort of it. They don't. This is where it breaks off. They don't tow her back to their village. They just kind of, under the same like idea of, well, we don't know this person. It's a foreigner. Can't mess with them. All right, bye. Have right. a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's where it ends. Like that's. That's the evidence for it. Or not mm-hmm. the evidence, but, like, the story behind it. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, so, yeah. like, what's... I guess... And I know that that's not a ton of stuff, but this is 1803 in Japan. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, you gotta understand that, like, this took place during a time... Sakoku? It was the Japanese isolation period, which lasted from 1689 to 1853. Like, foreigners right. were banned from the country. You couldn't... You couldn't talk to anybody. They couldn't talk to you. Yeah, cause, well, because cause, like it was like some of the, um, yeah, like some of the European naval powers, countries were kind of sailing around and like they they, 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 they kind of came across Japan and started trading. But then then that all kind of spiraled out, out of control. And then, yeah, like they like shut they like shut it down. And yeah, because and, the and, emperor was afraid of the outside influence. And I think I want to say it was the Portuguese that ruined it for everybody. Because yeah, it started in uh, sounds about right. Sixteen eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. It was it was either the Portuguese or the Dutch. Was, uh, but but yeah. yes. And and so then, and I think this is where you're going. If, if Japan is in this sort of state of essentially kind of lockdown or like isolation, and like foreigners stay out, then it would make sense if there's suddenly all these stories about like, oh no, I found this weird boat, and with his writing, yeah. I couldn't understand, and this person, I couldn't. Like, 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 I could kind of talk to them and sort of makes sense, but, um, but yeah, man. Yeah. But it's also weird to me to think about, like, this is 1803 when this is going on. It's like America is like what? 23 or 26 years old at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like barely. Yeah. Just like we, oh, okay. We just, we just ended this, uh, conflict. Yeah. Like 25, 26, 30 years earlier. We're still like figuring out what's going on uh so, so yeah like we yeah like to try to f- pl- place that as a point of comparison yeah like what if what if I fi- I, yeah what if george washington was like you know kind of riding about doing his stuff and all of a sudden this washes up on the shores of virginia or whatever like yeah like he's 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 not gonna know either he's gonna say martha <laughs> bring me my hatchet <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing george <laughs> I I cannot tell a lie. I'm gonna decapitate me an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out what I was trying to think of. It was the Louisiana Purchase was in 1803. Oh, okay. So just think about even that, dude. Like yeah, we're barely post 13 colonies time, and now we just like, oh hey, cool. 
Yeah, Lewis and Clark are making their way across the the country and uh yeah, like barely barely figuring out like where to go and all that. And so then yeah, of course, if this strange boat thing that has this super rare glass or glass-like material um on top of it, yeah, what what do you make of that? What do you make of that? With weird symbols on it and a weird hot red-headed chick. Yeah. Like <laughs> Holding a weird box, like yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too. Like, I'm fully in the belief that so- something happened here. Like, no one just made this up and like, oh, teehee, we're gonna tell the story. No, like, something happened here, and like, mystery within mysteries. Uh, yeah, we of of course get to the what's in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? And it probably was something similar to what was in that goddamn box. <laughs> The dude's oh, yeah. head <laughs> nailed to a nailed to a plank. Yeah, geez. Yeah, that was that was weird because it. As I was reading it, like the guy was describing this like punishment where like this woman had committed adultery or something or some like capital offense, but they couldn't kill her because she would have been a princess. So like that would have accounted for like her really you know weird clothing that was finer than anything they'd seen and like this boat with glass windows and you know high quality right. polished. Uh, iron plating around it to you know keep it to keep it from like banging into shit you know so it doesn't sink on the rocks in the sea yeah. but she's still gonna be like sent off to die even that sort of idea of like we're committing like a, a, a capital punishment but we're not technically gonna do it we're gonna like strand you off in a boat but like still give you some food and water and if you run out of food and water well hey that's on you that's not on us like that's that's also a that's that's what happened to antigone in that greek tragedy like korean was like look we're gonna lock you up in a cave but if you die hey that's on you fam not not my fault (laughs) perfect logic impeccable Impeccable logic is always Creon. So, so what the hell was this thing? Yeah, what the hell <clears throat> was this thing? I might have a couple explanations, but I don't know. I'm okay, just saying I need another sip because my voice is failing me. Yeah, yeah, by all means. And I, this was also kind of around the time when, like, like sort of sort of metal plated ships were like weren't even a thing yet right like like it was no yeah because like wasn't it the civil war and that was the big damn like the iron sides or some shit right yeah right 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 yeah the and that was like this huge deal like oh this unsinkable boat we put iron on it yeah and that was 60 years after when this event happened uh yeah i do know there was kind of a thing so build your wooden boat um, and then you like copper plating on the bottom because that helps prevent like barnacles and right, uh, yeah. Cra- kind of but, but still, the that's hole. yeah, exactly, yeah. And and that's just like literally just a superficial treatment. Like it's not like you're make you're manufacturing the entire uh, yeah hole out of metal. Uh, yeah. So that is yeah. Oh man. But but what what are some of your thoughts? What what are you kind of piecing together about what this what this could have been? Well, so my, my knee-jerk reaction is what they found was a USO or an unidentified submerged object, which apparently mm. is a thing that has existed since we have been sailing. But there's also a ton of reports of them during World War II and the Vietnam War, as well as it is important mm. to note the idea that there is an underground USO alien sub-base 
in either uh, San Francisco and or um, oh hell, what's the other thing in L.A.? <laughs> San Francisco and San San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. Jesus okay. Christ. Yeah, Sandy. Fuck me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's alright, man. I, I I just like dipped a toe with that one. I was like, I don't have time for this shit. I was not about to like contrip the body conspiracy theory this week. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. But barring that, we do have a couple of ideas. Uh, okay. One of them comes from a study that was conducted on this incident in 1844 by a a, a guy named uh, Kyokute Bakin. And he reports from a book called Russia Bon en Roku, or records as seen records of seen and heard things from Russia, which that's how you say Russia in Japanese is Russia. I think that's great. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, this was written by someone named Kanamori Kinken, and they describe in this book uh, traditional Russian clothing and hairstyles, mentioning with a popular method to paint the ends or dust the ends of the hair with a <gasps> white powder. Oh, no way. It also mentions that many Russian women have the natural hair color of red. <gasps> and they wear clothing not unlike Akage. Oh, man. So, so, so wait, like, so was this event said to have uh, happened on the western coast? That would be like the coast nearer No, Russia? this was on the other, this is on the other side. This, this is, remember, this the is the northeast side. coast, yeah. But so, you know, Japan, there's the big island up at the top, and then it slinks down to the arm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is like the, the if it was, if the top of that landmass, of the, uh, the mm. lower landmass was a clock face, this would be like the three o'clock position. Okay, so yeah, like, uh, wow. I, I mean... So but, yeah, definitely not in the Sea of Japan, like, yeah, but where but, the, the Russians and the Japanese have interacted for yeah, centuries. Yeah, they've like, been yeah, not, not there, yeah. yeah. And... I don't know quite enough about uh, ocean currents, but I know that things can, it's not like it's directly like, oh no, it's, it, it automatically is going to land on like the closest uh, land mass on the other, like, no, like things swirl around and there's, there's weird currents and stuff. So, I mean, that, that makes sense to me if like something was floated from Russia there and then just kind of bobbed around a little bit and then ultimately landed up, um, over there, yeah. So that's that's one idea, maybe. Mm-hmm. This investigation was done in 1962 by an ethnologist and historian named Yanagida Kunio. Mm. He pointed out that circular boats are not and have never ever been a big damn j- deal in Japan. Apparently mm. that shit is everywhere. Mm. But what he does note is that there are certain details that were embellished in it to make it seem like it was more magical or even like 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 foreign and western. Like having windows made out of glass, and then like the underplating of armor. Yeah, yeah. If this is passed, if this is passed down as like a folktale, do you know what I mean? Like, right? I, yeah. Or, or not even a folktale, but just like an urban legend. And yeah. oh yeah, well, uh, my boy Konoko, Konoko said that like he saw this like hollow ship with a glass windows and a steel bottom. Ah, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, there's a super hot babe in there. They totally boned. <laughs> Yeah, like it's ah, uh, Konoko. <laughs> yeah, like like he's the one guy um, that it's his it's his senior year of high school, and he made this bet with his friends that he'd lose his virginity, and so it's like the one week before graduation, like, hey, Konoko, do you have your score yet, <laughs> nerd? He's like, oh yeah, well, I was on the beach and. 
this totally hot girl and I like totally made out. Oh yeah, what did she look like? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just one like lie after another just because this guy is trying to impress. And then, of course, uh, following the the teen sex comedy movie plot. Sure enough, like he's down on his leg. He's like, man, those guys are dumb. Look what washes up on the shore. <laughs> Imagine Dragon stars playing. Yeah. <laughs> My mind just goes to like weird Napoleon Dynamite in Japan. It's like, yeah. hey, what did you do this summer, Napoleon-san? <laughs> oh, I was on my uncle's boat fishing. Oh, did she score? Totally. She had red hair. Oh, of course I did. And her boat was made of glass. God. <laughs> Gee, Napoleon. He's that sounds sticking kind of... sushi in his pockets. Yes, <laughs> eating it later on in class. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Napoleon Coon, give me some of your unagi. No, get your oh. own. I haven't eaten it all day. <laughs> okay, we Kicks have to make it. him in the leg, just squishes everywhere. Yeah, just squishes out all over the place. Fuck! Idiot! Baka! You're a tomorachi na yo! Hey, Napoleon, I think I want to run for a daimyo. <laughs> <laughs> Because Pedro's still Mexican. Yeah, because he's still, yeah, he's still there. I think I might quit. It's like, just just do whatever your heart says. That's what I do. And he's like painting this as a poem in like a tea ceremony. That's that's Composing this like haiku. Yeah. yeah. While, while gazing at his blade, just like, yes, <laughs> this is the meaning of all poetry. Yeah. <laughs> to follow one's heart and kill wolverines with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> The liger lies down in the meadow. <laughs> <laughs> then he just wins over the entire school with his, you know, sweet ass kabuki dance. Yeah, yeah. Someone in the back's like doing the doing the like wood wood, wood clappers. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> but it's him. He's going. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> clanks off stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man God damn it oh man that was a oh man that was a we, gr- we either yeah. need to do that or it's the worst thing we've ever done i can't you are. tell <laughs> yeah. i don't think i don't i don't think it was bad i don't know whatever no, but so i was, I was okay but yeah yeah anyway move moving swiftly on from moving on napoleon yeah. dynamite <laughs> uh dr kazuo tanaka a professor of computers and engineering at gifu university in tokyo he also investigated this case. Number one, he says people like me are idiots for believing that it was a UFO, mostly because of the fact that it doesn't really do anything UFO-y. Mm-hmm. It doesn't float. It doesn't move on its own. It just kind of sits there weirdly in the water, which, if you're sitting there weirdly in the water, is that not UFO-y enough? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Well, one, I could very easily justify this by saying, like, no, it's an unidentified floating object. So, boom, roasted. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Number two, if this thing uh, uh, piloted by a by a hot-headed young uh, alien woman who just happens to kind of like take a take a humanoid shape after seeing the, the logos, like, yeah, like maybe she was maybe this was like the alien equivalent of Top Gun and, and, and she was 
doing some really dangerous maneuvers and something broke and so she crashed she had to crash land there in the in, in the in the ocean but then yeah like of course i mean come on that's, that's it actually makes me think more of like the green lantern oh yeah because you know abin sir crashes on earth and like because he's trying to find hell i don't know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i so mm-hmm. i i am not particularly persuaded by this guy's like oh well it's not flying so it's not a ufo like there are there are plenty like like look we, we and it's we a all... fair point but yeah I mean, kind of, but it's also, yeah, because we've never seen airplanes uh, in water ever, right? Like Captain yeah. Sully, just uh, <laughs> oh, oh no, like he's here's just this seven forty seven here in the middle of the Hudson River. Yeah, it wasn't flying. What are you talking about? It's not flying. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> if that one didn't like kind of put a nail or not a nail, didn't poke a hole in my hot air balloon of nothing but facts. Um, uh, Tanaka also points out that the locations that are listed as Harayori uh, Beach and uh, Haratomohama, which was the beach, which was the beach in the uh, uh, Dust of the Apricot version. I should have said that, and I didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, he said that they don't appear in maps of Japan after 1907, and they're probably fictional. So that's kind of weird, but it can also be noted that you know people change names of shit all the yeah. time. You know, like um, how often did like Leningrad became Stalingrad in what like nineteen thirteen or some shit? Like or no yeah. Leningrad? No, no, no. Leningrad became Saint Petersburg. Yeah, that's what it was because it had to stop sounding so damn German. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, and I, I yeah, I'm uh, with all due respect to Tanaka-san there. I yeah that that also seems to be a pretty weak counter argument, precisely because of what you said there. Yeah, like things, places change names. Uh, Istanbul was Constantinople, as uh, yeah. they might be giants. So in, in in insightfully told us, and then even before that, it was Byzantium. So like yeah, don't 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 at me with this. And that's the and other I, thing and I mean too. like a name and a name change after I mean this was 1907 like so he's right. looking at maps post 1907 but again like I don't know I don't know how much like but okay Edo is now Tokyo exactly yeah yeah this is some pretty weak soy sauce if I may say so myself <laughs> this is well, uh, this is well some... Josh Okun <laughs> this is <laughs> we we if... have Moichiro thing for you to do. And that means one more time. Um, <laughs> he also points out because this was during Sakoku, any incidents of any vessel leaving a beach had to be reported immediately. Oh, yeah, because in eight, so but 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 in 1824 there was an incident when a British whaling ship got stranded off the northeastern coast of the Hitachi District. This is in the Hitachi District, right? So it's the same district. Mm. They reported that one. Okay. I, I don't know. It's and yeah, it is kind of weird. But his final idea is there are stories of this woman washing ashore in washing ashore, and she's beautiful. So like, there's this story from the seventh century when a fisherman named Wakagoro from the Gogo Island found a thirteen year old girl inside of an Utsurobune, the same type of ship, mm. and she said that she was the daughter of a Chinese emperor that had to run away. And so this was this is the story of Wakahime. And she went on to be married to the prince of Io province. 
they gave birth to a son named Ochimiku, who was the ancestor of the Kono clan. So, like, there is this oh, weird so idea like of, like, this princess out of the sea, you know, this beauty born of sea foam and salt and all this good shit. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that maybe this is sort of an amalgamation of, like, number one, this is a weird isolationist period, but I can't imagine that you don't not see some weird shit being on a coastal region. So you're conflating, like, folklore of, yeah, well, you know, my granddad heard this story, and, you know, we all know about the EO clan, right? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But so they combine the two ideas into, like, folklore, and then, like, we're foreigners are weird. They're horrifying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. why are we afraid of them? And the answer is because it's coming with Matthew Perry, and he's going to blow your doors down unless you're friends with him. Could he be any more of an imperialist? <laughs> yeah. Q friends theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but also I so if if there was also a similar kind of story that also kind of became like a foundational myth for the certain clan cuz that's also like a like a fairly uh well attested thing in different societies where it's like oh no mm-hmm. uh here's this yeah like the stranger uh comes into town Turns out they're royalty in a different country, and then they marry a local, and then that's how we got the first king of, like, whatever. Um, yeah. And that almost makes me think, like, maybe this was... Maybe uh, this story um, with the with the redhead girl, maybe it was one of those type of stories, but then for, like, a failed clan, or, like, a clan that, like, uh, oh, okay. was, like, a rival with another one, and then there was some sort of conflict, and then that clan died... Um, and so, like, kind of like a little bit of like revisionist history covering it up, but the story still kind of like um, remained or something like that. And and I'm I'm pulling that one out of thin air. I, I, I uh, that's cool. But Sorry. but but, but I kind of like that. I kind of like that too. Because like, yeah, there's. I mean, that's that was a thing with Moses, right? Like Moses washed yep. up. Um, even and and uh, I guess here's. Um, a second notch in my belt for Greek mythology stuff that that happened with um, uh, Perseus and his mother Danae. Um, <laughs> like they they were like Danae got pregnant with Perseus, and then they were put in a basket and floated along, and then they got yanked out by some fishermen. So like yeah, that's a thing. That's like a that's a that's a fairly common story trope, but is often used to like, and that's how our clan came to be or that's how our tribe came to be so who knows maybe that maybe this one is also something along those uh those same kind of lines could be but josh this would not be a two wizards podcast if i did not misinterpret details and stack the deck in my favor to try and prove a point that is maybe or not nebulously connected and I do use nebulously, totally ironically. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, Mark, uh, not only to hear kind of what what you what you have next, but I'm also, as we're speaking, uh, pouring a nice, healthy, uh, extra glass of socket here because this is this is this is pretty good, damn good. Good, good. I'm about uh, three quarters done with my uh, Sprite and Scotch. I don't Perfect. think it's helping my performance abilities but it's making me feel more saucy so i got that going for me which is nice oh hey bill murray <laughs> yeah there we go hey there it is there again. we are there it is again perfect <laughs> all right so like i said this would not be a two wizards podcast if i did not misinterpret the points of data for my own meanings but i like to think that this one is not so much an interpretation as it is i fucking hit rock 
solid evidence, at least of something ooky spooky and weird. Okay, I love it. Now, I love it. For me to get ooky spooky and weird, you and I need to get in our weird crystal ball time machine, whatever whatever thing we're using to travel back in time to Japan. We need to jump forward in the future about 180 okay, years. Okay. And then we need to go about halfway mm. across the world to Suffolk, England. Oh, we're wow. going to a place called the Rendlesham Forest, which is a forest that surrounds the Royal Air Force Base Woodbridge. All right. Mm. You ready for this? Because this is where my goddamn head exploded. You talked about getting goo brain. Call Dr. Calhoun. We need we need him in here stat. But he will not come because <laughs> yeah. you do not rush a southern gentleman. And all the British doctors are pissed off. <laughs> what follows is probably the most famous case of a UFO incident in England. It is literally referred to as the Roswell of England. At 3 a.m. on December the 26th, and again, weird to me that it's December 26th, taking me back to the Cash Lander incident that happened on the 28th. Different times, right. but still. Yeah, yeah but still, yeah. Yeah. At about 3 a.m. on the 26th, the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, right? United States Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. That's okay, that's an American. We can trust him, right? This mm-hmm. is an American in the fucking oh, yeah. 80s. Like, this dude probably did some time, and Nam, he knows what's what. <laughs> Not a man to be rattled. He knows, yeah. Charles Halt was joined by yeah. Royal Air Force Sergeant, and bear with me here because I don't know how to say this name without making it sound like this, so it's just going to sound like this, Jim Peniston. <laughs> it is P-E-N-N-I-S-T-O-N. I don't know if it's Peniston. I don't know what it is. <laughs> say sorry, England, but fucking A. You make it yeah, tough. Not, yeah. You're not doing us any favors over here, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at 3 a.m. on Boxing Day, uh, Halt and Pe- Peniston report seeing a low-flying craft above the forest tree line, right? Mm-hmm. They call it in and go to investigate the scene, and they give the report that they saw a large craft landing in the forest. It was metallic. It had blinky lights. It was a fucking UFO. Yeah, yeah. Peniston reported seeing this craft of unknown origin, and Halt even made this an actual... He even reported this incident. They called it in. Local police were called. It was a thing. This craft was reported to have driven animals on a nearby farm into a frenzy at this time. Peniston reports getting out of the car and or get, get so they're on patrol you know they're doing security detail just kind of driving around I, what mm-hmm. a lieutenant colonel is doing on security i don't know but whatever maybe he's on like leave yeah, maybe him he's... and Pen- maybe maybe he's taking a trip to peniston if you know what i mean <laughs> give you know maybe giving him a bit of father christmas out in the woods i don't i'm not gonna judge <laughs> i mean i i was gonna say something like yeah maybe it's a morale boosting thing where uh, all of the all of his subordinates, like, hey, if I'm asking you to go on patrol, well, I'll I'll take my shift doing that too. But who knows? Maybe he could have been, yeah, just getting some <laughs> Peniston time. I, I don't know, <laughs> some quality Peniston time. But but yes, some quality Peniston. But I want you to know that Peniston got out and he actually touched this fucking thing. Oh shit! Allegedly. Okay. Right. Yeah. So. The next day, or not the next day, but after 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 uh, after the sun came up. Mm-hmm. 
So at 4 a.m., uh, the police, were, the local police were called, and they said you're being stupid. It's the Orford Nest Lighthouse, which was some miles away on the coast. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Cool. Or the next day when they go out to investigate the clearing, they found a triangular burn pattern. Yeah. All the branches on the trees were broke. Like, going up, the branches in the trees were broken. <laughs> Something was here. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a lighthouse, whatever. <laughs> at 10.30, the cops came back to look at the impression. Like, there was, like, and this is where it gets cool for me because, the, the like, there's actual, like, physical contact. Because, like, if you're looking at a, if you're looking at anything, it's going to, anything of any size is going to leave, like, an indent in the ground. And this thing left indents in the ground. Yeah, yeah. The cops said it might have been made by an animal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. right. But, but then on December the 29th, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Halt went back to the, went back to the spot and took radiation readings. And they found that there, there was background radiation right in this region. Hmm. So there was some, yeah, some extra radioactive material localized to this spot. Yeah. Literally right here. Yeah. So Halt kind of took this thing really seriously and even swore an affidavit. Oh, dang. Like he, he straight up reported all of this. Like what you were saying, Mark, like an American in the 1980s. Uh, Yeah. Likely the least credible person in the world. Probably gacked out on cocaine. Whatever. <laughs> that good British cocaine you could only get in like 1980. I mean, if it if it were for Billy Idol, I mean, uh... Halt makes this report, and it's a big damn deal. Mm-hmm. And then, in, and this is where it gets a little bit weird to me. In 2010, a uh, base commander named Colonel Ted Conrad said that um, we saw nothing that resembled... So he says that they never saw anything that like even resembled close to what Lieutenant Colonel Halt had seen. But he says he should be ashamed and embarrassed... And, let me try it again. He should be ashamed and embarrassed by his allegation that his country and the British both conspired to deceive their citizens over the issue. He knows better. What does that fucking mean, Josh? He knows better? Yeah, what I He knows better as in there's aliens. And even if that is too circumstantial for you, I have my final nail in the coffin that there is something ooky spooky here. Peniston, he got out and he touched the craft and he reported certain symbols on the craft. And Josh, the symbols are identical to the ones found in the Tsurobune. What? <laughs> Get out. Get out of here. Not at all. They are what they are the same line of symbols what? that is... is drawn in the wood prints of the event of the Atsurobune appeared on this alleged UFO found by Peniston and Halt. Oh, I mean, oh boy. And that's where our story ends. That's where it stops. That's where it comes to a screeching halt. That's where it's dead, dashed upon the rocks, because we just don't know. But damn it, Josh. If if I was to walk out into my parking lot right now and I would say, oh, I saw this weird car and it looked like there was a ram on the front of it. And I saw this other weird car that looked like a fucked up plus symbol. And then I look at a picture from 60 years, uh, Chevy in the 1950s, because that's 70 years, not the same span of time, but Chevy had the same symbol. I, I mean, you know like, what I'm that, saying? do you see that, what I'm driving at here? 
Yeah, I, I the mean, same like... extraterrestrial-looking symbols. Now, granted, there are those that detract from the Rendlesham Forest incident. They say it's just a hoax. Sure, maybe, could be, likely, but is it? Well, and, or and, and if... have we been visited by the same group of people, peoples, or whatever you want to call them, for the last you know two hundred years? Was the Surabune like the like proto of this? Was it a single person pod? Was the Rendlesham Forest craft? It was a triangle, to be sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, you know, I, 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 what, what, what makes this at least slightly more credible to my mind is, I think it would be fairly unlikely that this British serviceman uh, would also happen to have uh, knowledge of this very obscure tale from Japanese folklore or um, to, to, to from a period before the internet before. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. He's not going to know about it. Right. And yeah, like maybe I think like, yeah, like kind of to your point, maybe the incident in Japan in 1803, maybe that was, maybe that craft was the equivalent of like a model T and no wonder it crapped out and fell into the ocean. And 180 years later, look how far cars have come in, in that time. So maybe yeah. those symbols were the, were the make and model of uh, this. Yeah. The, the new, uh, I don't know. What would be a good name for a UFO? would be like a good kind of like 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 snappy something that you could you could put on billboards to sell these things make your quota get that holiday bonus what would be a good name for a for a make and model of a uf the thunder cougar falcon bird <laughs> see exactly and, and, and <laughs> but that's th- a futurama joke and i can't make it so <laughs> well in th- this model that happened that uh, landed in the 1980s also had an an eight track player so there like they're we're... just playing fucking night ranger yeah. like these two aliens lost his shit and i thought we were supposed to go over here motoran what's your price for life <laughs> <laughs> and they're also probably coked out of their minds too and so they had to like because they've been hanging out at Groom Lake with all the other fucking aliens at Area 51. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They had to do an emergency landing and kind of like sleep it off a bit and didn't realize <laughs> that like maybe when they came back to their proximity reading said that, oh, oh shit, some of the locals actually came up and were investigating. So it's like, oh, we got to get the fuck out of here and burned off and... Whereas if they did a more controlled ascent, maybe they wouldn't have scorched all of the tree branches and stuff, but because they were, again, that's still... where it gets so weird to me with yeah. like, just like there's, cause okay, there's the, the there's the triangle and in, indentation pattern, right? Mm. And then there's the latent radiation and then there's a burn scar from something there. And yeah. then remember with the Cash Landrum incident, again, we're kind of going back a little bit, mm-hmm. but that one, they said the tops of the trees were burnt. Right. Yeah. 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 It's some, something like, was put uh, And like out. in this case, the branches were broken. So something came down out of the sky, mm-hmm. fucked up the trees, pissed off all the farm animals nearby, and then took off. Like. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to do I want to do this like I want to give the like Rendlesham Forest like it's actual due, but I there's just a couple books I have to read before we get into that. If that you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I, uh, and I think another testament to this is that fact that the local animals they were they were freaked out because they do like if 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 something happens like if there's gonna be you know like if there's like an earthquake or like a storm or something yeah like animals they know and they lose their shit and yeah yeah like if they were skittish and a little uneasy and acting out of the ordinary that's just that's just even more evidence to me at least that that's some something Something something. Had, something extraordinary happened there. So, yeah. Mm. But that's that's where I'm at. I I can't come down definitively on it because I do sort of agree with uh, Tanaka Senpai's or Sensei's idea that yeah maybe this is a uh, amalgamation of like you know folklore versus like historical events that sort of kind of happened, but not so much. And like the idea of, yeah, yeah, foreigners are weird, but at the same time too, there's just the one that hangs me up and I'll send you these pictures, but like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'll put them up on the Instagram and everything, but these symbols are the same. And I, and I recognize one of them. One of them is a symbol. I, I can't tell you what it is, but like I listeners, I took Japanese, I took two years of Japanese in college. So like you see this stuff and it jogs a little bit. It's just too damn convenient. We said before, I don't believe in coincidence. And maybe, maybe, maybe Peniston, Peniston, Penist House. I got to stop making fun of this dude. I just can't. His name is Peniston. I'm sorry. Maybe he, maybe he did have prior knowledge of this. Or maybe it's something stupid like collective unconsciousness, you know? Yeah. Maybe he's just an asshole that, like, drew these symbols because he thought it looked cool. Because they are kind of geometric. Oh, okay. But. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like. If you were to ask a Pacific Islander in the 1940s to try and, like, describe a plane, like an American allied plane or even a Japanese Mm. Zero, Mm -hmm. you know, they'd say there's sharks in the sky or there's these weird things with a red dot on them. But it's also 1803 in Japan. And, yeah, maybe the – and that's where I keep getting hung up to is, like, I'm not trying to look at, like, the scope of history versus my scope of now. Right. But it's just so damn – it's so weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it. Well, and, and and that's even something that I'm, yeah, in in, in my very limited uh, uh, kind of exposure with working with some of these primary texts and like primary sources and things, is it's like, yeah. okay, um, Herodotus says, or he wrote that this very famous uh, liar player fell overboard one day. And then a dolphin carried him to shore. Like that's that's what he wrote, and we, we we can't just automatically dismiss that out of hand. Like, but that shit happens. How many sailors have been saved from dolphins? Yeah. How many videos do you see on Reddit right now of dolphins hurting sharks away from swimmers? Applied to this situation, here's here's this narrative, here's this story, here's this account of something that happened, and just because. It seems unlikely to us uh, here, some two hundred years later. That 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 doesn't mean we get to dismiss it out of hand automatically. Or, and and, and I guess that's sort of like not the scientific process, but that is the sort of like okay, well, what what could this be? 
what's some like uh, tentative explanations for what's going on here. You have but, to but something, yeah, like, but and, but exactly, but and at some, even with doing all that, even with trying to rationalize, it's like, oh no, it's just this blah blah blah. Like that still is speculation of a sort, and yeah, it um, it's too easy, and that's where I get hung up. I I don't know, because yeah, there is a big part of me that thinks, yeah, likely this is just you know a folktale they got passed down. But damn it, I get really hung up on a dude in the 1980s reporting seeing these symbols on an unidentified flying object. Like, or I guess in this case, it's an unidentified landing object. Yeah. But <laughs> still. Yeah. I, it's too easy to say, oh yeah, it's all bullshit. Right. Yeah. That Because there's something to it. And yeah, I do maybe... I. It's also kind of cool to me. I, liked, I even like the idea that this... Okay, so like... If we say that this straight up did happen in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. But like the the accounts from Russia, what if that's what it is? What if it's some stranded Russian chick? That's even cooler than aliens, right. I think. Yeah. But that... then, but then she just like fucks off and gets back into her boat. And she's like, oh yeah, das <laughs> Danya. <coughs> like they... oh yeah, sayonara. Yeah. Like what they thought was a bottle of water was actually just a bottle of vodka, and. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, now that was... is racist. <laughs> <laughs> She's just drunk out of her mind. Like, how did I end up here? What is this place? Why does my head hurt? What happened to my hair? <laughs> Sergey? Ah, God, I had black hair last night. What happened? Yeah. Or, yeah, that's just it. Like, maybe there's some small village in Russia and they had some weird tradition about... Uh, what happened before a wedding night and maybe it got a little out of hand and somebody's hair got dyed red and they may or may not have been sent off with a box with a dude's decapitated head inside. Well, and again, we don't know what was in the damn box. Like, yeah, Right, right. And that's the other thing. Like that. Is it a damn, ra- is it a like fuel core for her ship? Like, yeah. Is, is she, or, 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 is this thing? I don't even know if it's a woman. Like they say it's a woman, True. but yeah. what if it's not? What if it's just like a super, as we would take it, like feminine featured alien? Well, and even you know, like there's like twenty three fucking sexes in that race. Yeah, you know? well, and and, like, and even just like you were talking about a second ago, like we we can only describe the unknown in terms that are the closest approximation to us. And so, yeah, that's just it. Maybe yeah. it is. It's like, well, we. I mean, it kind kind of looked like a woman, and, and there was this material that I guess kind of looked like glass, uh, and it's and their fabric, of, the fabric of their clothing was sort of like this. Yeah, that's that's also how, and we're just kind of stuck operating like that because that's how our brains work. Sorry, we can't know things in advance because humans recognize patterns. Like that's what we do. Exactly. Yeah, we recognize yeah. patterns. We try to find similarities and differences, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you think? I'm sorry, I've been rambling. What do, what what do you think? What's I What's your takeaway? I well, I I think we are of a fairly similar mind here. Like clearly something happened that there are these two incidences that happened um on essentially different sides of the globe and uh removed by a great amount of time that that seems to um 
maybe not confirm, but maybe like compound. If, if that's kind of the right word, I don't know if that's quite the right word. But but yeah, but yeah, I think there, it is. Yeah, there is something. It's like, huh? And they happen to have these similar symbols, something like that. Um, but also this, and, and I mentioned this like like kind of uh, towards the start of recording here. Um, uh, there there's also this this pretty well known legend, I guess, or folk tale. Also from like kind of Japanese mythology that is about a moon princess. Do you know this mm-hmm. one? Are you familiar with this? Go one? go ahead and lay it on me. So so this is uh and 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 because I I only just thought of this uh uh j- j- just now I'm I'm kind of pulling up some stuff uh, some information yeah up. sure but uh so this is um a story that gets translated. Uh, into English uh, as the tale of the bamboo cutter. It is, uh, as as Wikipedia uh, informs me, um, it's con- <laughs> it's considered one of the oldest pieces of uh, kind of like fictional prose narrative. Um, okay. And we don't know exactly when it is, but like we're guessing somewhere in like the 900s, 800s maybe even. So like when like Europe was in the dark ages, essentially um, post yeah. post antiquity, this is when we think that the story was about. And so um, just kind of briefly, I, I won't go, won't go through the whole story, but the, the story goes that one day there's an old, old uh, bamboo cutter. That's how he makes his living, um, him and his wife. And uh, and uh, they don't have any children of their own. Um, they're just kind of living their best life there in the bamboo forest. And one day as he goes out to harvest some bamboo, um, he finds this particular stock that's like, it's like kind of glowing, kind of weird. And he says like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe this is special. This will get a higher market price. And so he chops it open and inside the bamboo is uh, this little, like almost like Thumbelina character, like this little, this, this little tiny girl. And so because he and his wife don't have any children and they're super old, they decide to raise uh, raise this Thumbelina uh, as their own. And they name her uh, Nayotake no Kaguya Hime, uh, which is roughly okay. like Shining Princess of the, young bam- of the Young Bamboo. Also, something really special about this girl is uh, he discovers that every time he goes out and cuts more bamboo to sell at market, he finds a little gold nugget inside the bamboo and so like they get super wealthy and uh within a short amount of time this this little tiny uh daughter grows into a full grown woman and she's super gorgeous and beautiful and of course because they have this uh beautiful daughter and they're very rich um all sorts of all, she she garners all sorts of uh, uh suitors that want to marry her and so, like, there's, and, and this is the less important part of it. And so, of course, there's all these uh, uh, princes and noblemen who who want to marry her. Mm-hmm. And and eventually, the emperor of Japan comes to visit uh, Kaguya Hime and uh, asks her to marry him. But she says mm. no. She says no. She says no. I I I can't. I'm I'm not. I'm not from around here. It wouldn't be right for me to marry you. Um, and like they kind of like she kind of friend zones him. They like exchange letters, but that's about it. But then one day 
uh, uh, the bamboo putter, the the bamboo cutter is kind of going about, and he sees his daughter Kagaguya Hime looking um, looking up at the moon and crying. And being concerned parents, he and his wife ask her what's going on, and she's not telling him because again she's like sort of like teenage girl, like w- whatever, mom and dad, you you just don't understand. Uh, the moon. <laughs> Comes to find out, uh, she she eventually says what's going on, and she tells uh, her parents that she is not from Earth. She's from the moon, and huh. and the and the people who live on the moon they 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 sent her to Earth for for safekeeping, um, and uh, and and she's gonna have to go back. She has to go back to the moon one day. And so then, uh, they and 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 all of the little bits of gold; those were also like cleverly sent by the moon people and hidden in the bamboo, so that whoever found mm-hmm. uh, Kaguya Hime uh, would 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 find these gold. And like that's would that that was their like sort of stipend, I guess, for 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 uh, yeah. adopting this this moon princess. Uh, and so, uh, so so long story short, uh. The emperor asks her to marry him one more time and her parents are kind of getting sick and she feels really sad, but she has to go back home. She has to go back home. And so she essentially builds like a little like rocket ship. She essentially builds a rocket ship and um, she asks which which mountain is the closest to heaven. And so she so she takes her rocket ship up to this mountain um, and blasts off. Uh, here we are blasting off again and she goes Dang. back up to the moon and and uh, that's oh, God damn. yeah and then that's her story and so um, and so it's a pretty well known kind of piece of folklore and specifically like like I first in, encountered this story uh, playing a video game Okami because oh, okay yeah because uh, which that game is also based in a lot of Japanese literature and, and, and folklore and yeah, uh, Kaguya uh, shows up as a character, and you help her as Amaterasu. You help her kind of reconstruct her rocket, and then she blasts off up, up to the moon again. And and her character design is kind of funny. She has like a she is, essentially has like a space suit that's made out of bamboo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's 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 pretty awesome. Um, and uh, apparently, also the famous uh shoujo manga and anime franchise sailor moon of course also kind of draws on this sort of thing the the oh no shit yeah the main character uh usagi um which is japanese for rabbit because instead of a man in the moon uh the japanese say that there's a rabbit making mochi yeah in the moon yeah 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 uh, apparently see i've heard that too but like i i heard that um i had it there was a foreign exchange student from thailand in high school oh, okay. and she said there was she she always said yeah there's a bunny that lives in the moon yeah well and, and i think that also yeah. appears i think there's also i think that's that. like a, i think that's like a thing in asia is like yeah well because even in it's China, not a man it's there's a bunny yeah but there's like a bunny in the moon yeah like and i know uh one of the chinese stories is um so there's there's the sort of moon goddess. Oh, what is her name? Uh, oh shit. Well, anyway, she so so there's the kind of moon goddess, and she has like a pet rabbit. Um, 
um, U, U2, I think. And okay. Oh, okay, yeah. It's a Shangya. I, I think it, because my Chinese. Uh, I don't know. Both, yeah, both, Chinese, both like... Cantonese and Mandarin are terrible. But yeah, I want to say it's like Shangya. Uh, she's the okay. like moon goddess lady. And then she has this jade rabbit, U2. Um, and kind of fun, fun also story about that is uh, I think it was like five or six years ago, China sent a, a moon mission, like a moon rocket to, to land. Oh, yeah, that's right. And and they had a little like rover. They ha- had a little rover that was called U2 um, uh, and like named after the Jade Rabbit. And this was the saddest thing, like because because the moon gets super cold when it's not in sunlight and, appa- uh-huh. and and apparently the like rovers um like 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 heating system failed and so it like it was like on the moon but it, and it kind of did some of its mission but it couldn't do it and then and then it had its own like twitter account and so here's the like jade oh, rabbit no. here, here's like at jade rabbit rover and it's like good night everybody i'm going to go to sleep now <laughs> It's like no, that's terrible. <laughs> no, Chang, oh my God. Chang, Changya, not not Changya, Chang. Anyway, okay. it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, so so yes, there there's also in a lot of the, the sort of Asian countries this idea that no, there's a rabbit on the moon, um, and and even specifically like this sort of weird, funny. Well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say weird or funny because that detracts from an otherwise really lovely story about. Uh, uh, Princess Kagaguya just wanting to go back to the moon and wanting to rejoin her like kingdom because she's a princess on the moon. But um, yeah. but yeah, that, so so that was the other that was the other sort of Japanese UFO story that uh, and and there's some really beautiful um, uh, kind of uh, uh, wood woodcut prints and uh, there's one in particular uh, from around 1650 by uh tosa hiromichi that yeah there's like all these uh sort of celestial uh heavenly beings and they're gonna fly back up to the moon and they are essentially in like a carriage that has like smoke billowing out of it and they're gonna go yeah fly up to uh space so if 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 nothing else there seems to be some other and even earlier because this was in like the 1800s or not not the not the 1800s this was the 800s 800s 900s um yeah so yeah that that was also a thing that was also a thing yeah it's i love ah. again it's too convenient i don't know yeah you know what i mean like i love and and i'm not doing the whole ancient aliens thing like i'm not doing that shit but I love these stories. I love these stories about, yeah, like uh, pre-modern people encountering a, a person who's like, oh, no, actually, I live on the moon or I live on the sun and I'm just hanging out here on Earth for a bit. But I got to go back home. <laughs> I can't stay. And my people need me. Exa- exactly. Yeah. I must go. My people need me. And then it's like jankily. <laughs> Kaguya's dead. <laughs> I, I love, I love those things where it's like, yeah, I'm here in the 800s or the 200s, 300s, whatever. And here's a story about, uh, yeah, some random visitor that is from the stars or whatever. There you go. Indeed.
But like, also not yeah. ancient aliens. Not ancient aliens. <laughs> but also, no, it's different because I do want to draw the line there because, like, it is different. Yeah, that's a that's a different episode. I that's a different. I episode. need more cold meds for that episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I mean, this was a this was a full on, uh, yeah, bottle of sake here, and I did some work, but I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably need a full second bottle uh, before we get into that territory. <laughs> but uh, out of boy, yeah. There we go. There we go. So. Yeah, I, I I think we're both in agreement here um, that there some something happened. There was a strange visitor on the shores of Japan in 1803. There was a strange something that landed in England in the 1980s. That was a thing. Yeah, something, something. something and again, I want to give the Rendlesham Forest incident like it's proper due because again, that's that's the Roswell of the UK. Like, yeah. that's a big fucking deal. Yeah, you know exactly, exactly. And, and it, I, I mean, yeah. this it it only barely predates us, but still something that like is within living memory. Like, I'm sure we could find. I'm sure we could find people from that region and from that time. That uh, yeah, they could tell us about. It. But but I think my mom was there at that time, if I recall correctly. No way. Uh, I want to say, Mark, you maybe Mark, you, you just you, I I might be I might be really fucking kicking up the wrong goalpost here. Okay, because I, I think I, was my just, time, I think my timing might be wrong. Maybe it was eighty three. Because I was no, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. I derailed that. No, because I was gonna say like if if you dropped that. My brain would be completely gooified once more. See, see, Josh, that's the final point tonight. I I need to share this with you. You didn't find me in a bamboo shoot. I actually, I, I Mark Jones on the moon. I carry a harpoon. <laughs> or uh, Futurama for the third time. Yeah. <laughs> or or a or a South Park with free Wilsey axe. And they free wills, yeah. <laughs> Not a great one. Oh, oh man. man, listeners, where do you fall? Yes. Do you think Yatsurobune was a thing? Is it folklore? Is it not? Is it aliens? Was I too mean to Jim Penis Town? Let me know. Um, and you can do that by going to uh, Two Wizards Pod C One at Twitter, Two Wizards Podcast at Gmail and or find me at Marky Stardust at Twitter. And I realized I just shotgunned that ending. I'm sorry, Josh. Did you want to say anything no, else? No, n- not at all. You, you. Sorry. Uh, no, you completely <laughs> anticipated uh, what, what I was going to do. And 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 yes. And and uh, please tell us what tell us what you, what, what your th- thoughts are. Um, and if you also want, what if they want to tell you what their thoughts? Yeah, are? Yeah. And, and if you want to direct them at me specifically, with the knowledge that more likely than not, I'll retweet you. Um, but yes, you can find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. And I think what I'm going to do right now is I'll, is I'll maybe have, oh man, I'm, I'm really tempted to get maybe one more glass or maybe even like a half a glass. Try to be responsible. Uh, and then go outside and look at the moon and twinkle, twinkle, little Japanese princess who's flying down from the moon. How I wonder if you really did wash up on the shore of Japan with red hair and white highlights. <laughs> and what's in the box? What's in the what's box? In the box? <laughs> Tell me. What's in the box? <laughs> he rolled a 
upon his back, and after that, I kill the 